Take your Bibles this morning and turn to Ezra chapter 9. Ezra is in the Old Testament. The song that Cassie and Brother Andy just sang and the others took part in that, the instrumentalist as well. You will see a theme of what they just sang here in the Old Testament in the book of Ezra. So go ahead and be finding that Ezra chapter 9. Ezra is before Nehemiah. After First and Second Chronicles. Give you just a second to, to find that. Ezra is a contemporary. Uh, this book was written just in the timeline. I like to put books with timelines. All of those things around 5, 600 B.C. was when uh, a lot of the book of Ezra, the history of what's going on in this passage, uh, would take place. So really only about 25 years, 100 years ago, that's when we call it a contemporary uh, because this is uh, new when it comes to an Old Testament book. Ezra chapter 9, I want to focus on verse 8, but to get to context, I want to go all the way back to verse 1 and we're going to stop uh, around verse 8 and 9. The scripture says in verse 1, when these things were done, the leaders came to me saying, The people of Israel and the priests and the Levites have not separated themselves from the peoples of the lands with respect to the abominations of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and Jebusites and Amorites and the Moabites and the Egyptians and the Amorites. For they have taken some of their daughters as wives for themselves and their sons. So that the holy seed is mixed with the peoples of the lands. Indeed, the hand of their leaders and rulers have been foremost in this trespass. So Ezra, in verse 3, So when I, Ezra, heard this thing, I tore my garment and my robe and plucked out some of my hair on my head and beard and sat down astonished. Then everyone who trembled at the words of the Lord of God of Israel assembled to me because of the transgressions of those who had been carried away captive. I sat astonished until the evening sacrifice. At the evening sacrifice I arose from my fasting and having torn my garment and robe, I fell on my knees and spread out my hands to the Lord my God. And I said, O oh my God, I am too ashamed and humiliated to lift up my face to you, my God. For our iniquities have risen higher than our heads, and our guilt has grown up to the heavens. Since the days of our fathers to this day, we have been very guilty. And for our iniquities, we, our kings and our priests, have been delivered into the hands of the kings of the land. To the sword, to captivity, to plunder, and to humiliation as it is this day. Now here's verse 8. And now, for a little while... Grace has been shown from the Lord our God to leave us a remnant to escape and to give us a peg in His holy place that our God may enlighten our eyes and give us a measure of revival in our bondage. For we were slaves, yet our God did not forsake us in our bondage, but He extended mercy to us in the sight of the kings of Persia to revive us to repair the house of God, to rebuild its ruins, and to give us a wall in Judah and Jerusalem. This morning we continue our series called Tell Someone. And we're in part five of it. This is the first week that we don't have a specific number uh, to look at. 
First week, three people to be saved. We're praying for those three. I hope that you continue to do that. You are uh, letting us know that through your Sunday school class, how many people that you are praying for. And we appreciate that. We're going to do that all the way through the end of October. The second number one is the learning the spiritual conversations. If you're in uh, a Sunday school class, today was the last day of week number six that are, are, are taking part in that Bible studies for life, that blue uh, binder of a book. And today was the last day of, uh, of the gospel presentation. So you, you understand what you have to do to share the gospel. And then you're inviting five unchurched people uh, to your small group class. And then last week we looked at uh, sharing the gospel at least one time. So what I want to do today and the next two weeks is to really encourage us as we uh, enter into this last leg. We're geared up for October 30th. October 30th is a high attendance day in Sunday school. It's where all of this prayer and, and work and evangelism and invitations to people that we know, we want them to come to that day. We want to shower them with love. We want to shower them with God's grace and let them know that we love them. And if they're lost, that they can come to know Christ. If they're unchurched, that there's a place they can come and to worship the Lord. So for the next couple of weeks to, to encourage us through God's Word uh, in this emphasis called Tell Someone. So back in the book of Ezra, Ezra was one of three individuals back to uh, the, the promised land, back to the nation of Israel. They were in the land of Babylon because of their sin. They were in exile. In fact, the scripture says in verse number 9 that they were slaves. And yet God has provided an opportunity for the nation of Israel to come back to a land that had been destroyed. The city lies in ruins. The temple has been destroyed. The walls have been destroyed. And yet God offers an opportunity for a remnant to come back. For a group to come back. And that's what we see here in this particular text. One person has said this, I doubt if there is a problem, whether it is political or economic, that will not melt before the fire of a spiritual awakening. I hope and I pray that you understand that what we need as individuals is a spiritual awakening. What your family needs today more than anything else is a spiritual awakening. What we need as a church family, more than anything else in this world, is a spiritual awakening. When those things happen, then you can be rest assured that our nation will experience a spiritual awakening. It starts in the house of God, which starts with the family of God and goes all the way back to the individual of God. We heard some things this week in our country that probably none of us are excited about. None of us are really, uh, uh, brings us to joy when it comes to November 8th in our presidential election. A lot of things that are going on today was very similar to what was taking place in Ezra chapter 9. In Ezra chapter 9, the nation of Israel who has a covenant with God that they were not to marry outside of their race. It does not mean that, that interracial marriage was wrong. What the, the covenant said and what the scripture says was that anybody outside their race served other gods and heathen gods, false gods. And what was taking place in Ezra chapter 9 was that the nation of Israel were taking wives of all of these groups, the Canaanites and the Hittites and Perizzites, all these ites who worship foreign gods. 
And the reason why that was wrong is, is because if you take someone who worships Almighty God and, and unite someone who worships somebody besides Almighty God, it usually does not come out right. That's why as young people today, if you date anyone, make sure they're a Christian. Don't say, well, I'm going to change them. No, they may change you. So make sure they are a believer. If you're thinking about marriage, make sure they are believers. Make sure your spouse, your fiancé, the one you're thinking about, make sure they are a believer. You can thank me later for that. And all those who are married today can say, yes, make sure they are a believer. Well, let me share three or four things this morning from this text as we about God's kingdom and a, and a spiritual awakening that, that what we are praying for as a body of Christ. Look back, if you will, at verse number 8. The scripture says, and now, Ezra is saying, and now for a little while grace has been shown from our Lord, our God, to leave us a remnant to escape. What Ezra is thanking the Lord for in this, in this prayer of his and what he is, what he is um, uh, telling the people is, is that God has offered us a way to leave Babylon. God has offered a way for us to leave a nation of sin and to go back home where we belong. God, through His grace, has given us a chance to leave a lifestyle of sin and go back and to worship the Lord. Ezra is saying, God, through His grace, is us our ultimate dream and that's to leave a life of slavery and to go home and to worship the Lord. God today is providing an opportunity for you and you and all of us an opportunity to be saved. See when you think about spiritual the first thing is this is that God provides an opportunity to be saved. That's why the first thing we're praying for, before we can invite anybody to church, before we can even share the gospel with someone, is to pray that someone can come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And just like this text, that God, that God through His grace, has been shown from the Lord, our God, and to leave us a remnant to escape. God always has a remnant. Whether it's the nation of Israel whether it's the Gentiles in Isaiah chapter 11, whether it's Christians today in a land that is going fast into a land of immorality, there's always a remnant of those who love Jesus. And God provides an you to be saved, an opportunity for you to come to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It's by God's grace that He saves us. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for by grace are you saved through faith and not, not of yourselves. It's a what? God, not of works lest any man should boast. It is a gift from God. So He provides an opportunity to be saved. Aren't you thankful for the time in your life? For some of you, it may have been recently. For some, it's been a long time ago that that moment that the Lord Jesus, through His Spirit, spoke to your heart, convicted you of your sins, and you trusted in Him as your Savior. Aren't you grateful for that? All of us are. And you may be here this morning, you've never had a relationship with Christ. You've never trusted Him. you never repented of your sins and, 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 and knelt down and said, God, I need you to, to save me today. He provides that for you today. If you'll just open up your heart. And invite Him to come in. 
That's what spiritual renewal and spiritual awakening is all about. We believe that God can save anybody at any time. He provides that. An atheist once told William Booth, who's the founder of the Salvation Army, he says, if I believe what you Christians say you believe about the coming judgment and that those who reject Christ will be lost, he said, I would crawl on my bare knees on crushed glass all over the world night and day for the wrath of God. Hey, just put me right here in, in this mic right here because I know you guys are here. Uh, uh, other word, and, and it's messing me up too, so just put me right here. So he provides salvation for all. He provides salvation to you and salvation to me and everyone else if you just call upon the name of the Lord. When I was a young boy, I did that. And for some of you, you were younger and older, whatever the case. But for some, it may be today you need to give your life to the Lord. But the scripture goes on to say, and now for a little while, while grace has been shown from the Lord our God, it says to leave us a remnant to escape. Look at the second part. And to give us a peg in his holy place. The word peg right there is the word for a tent. It's that, it's that, that anchor that you put down. And the writer says here that he, that he gives us a peg in his holy place. So number two, God provides an opportunity to be saved. But number two, God provides an opportunity to stand. God needs Christians, those who have been saved, to stand for Him. And Ezra says God has given us by His grace a remnant to escape a land of sin, to be saved, but also to give us a peg in His holy place. What's the holy place? The holy place is the temple that's going to be rebuilt during the days of Ezra. And it's already been rebuilt several chapters earlier. They have dedicated this new temple. And what Ezra, as he's praying, God, give us a Tim, give us a solid place to stand here in this sanctuary so when people come to worship, when people come to sacrifice, when people come in the joy of the Lord, they can see a difference in our life that they wouldn't see anywhere else. God, give us a sanctuary where people can come and worship, where people can come and feel loved, where people can come and see the joy of the Lord. But see, we've got, to, we've, got to, we've got to translate that through New Testament eyes because God's presence is not in a temple made by hands. God's presence is in you. You are the sanctuary. You are the peg. You are the tent peg. So God, give us a solid place. Give us an opportunity to stand in your name and may our foundation be firm. Yesterday I had to move our swing set that our kids uh, have outgrown, and uh, so I had to get rid of it. There will be another one, Joel, uh, so just be, be patient on that. There's another one coming. But on each one of the four legs, there was I had to put an anchor down there. They come with little metal anchors. I know what those are. I got a little lip on them. And, and as I was trying to, 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 as I moved the swing set, I had to get the anchors up out of the ground. I didn't want to run over them with a long war. So I went to the first one, and it only had about maybe half an inch, maybe an inch showing. So I just reached down there like I was 18 and just pulled it right up. But it didn't move an inch. It didn't even move a centimeter. I thought, man, that ground is dry. 
I know it's not lack of strength. The ground's got to be dry. And I thought, yeah, it's, it's definitely lack of strength. So I went to the other one, and it was about halfway up, and, and, uh, and I wiggled it back and forth, and it came on up, and, and, and same way on the one on the back side, the ground was real loose, and, and it came up, and then the third one. So I went back to the first one there. I said, man, I can't leave that thing in there. I've got to get that thing out. So I wiggled it back and forth. It wouldn't move, and after about three or four minutes, I went to the shed and got the hammer, and I just drilled it back in the ground so where it doesn't show at all. So there's a tent peg in the ground but it's not going to bother anything like a lawnmower or anything because I couldn't get it out and as I thought about this morning I, I knew where God was taking me this morning by giving us a, a peg in this holy place that God would put our feet on such of a solid foundation that nothing in this world nothing in this in our country nothing in our church nothing in our families would ever 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 take us away from a solid foundation in Christ. God, give us an opportunity to stand. Give us an opportunity to stand for you and to share the name of Christ to all those who need to hear. May our sanctuary not be a museum for saints, but a hospital for sinners. May God give us a place where people desire to come and to worship. And we can lead others to Christ. He provides an opportunity to stand. But number three is this. The scripture goes on to say, Leave us a remnant to escape and to give us a pig in His holy place. That our God may enlighten our eyes and give us a measure of revival in our bondage. That God would may, may enlighten our eyes. The word enlighten means to increase in light. It means to make our eyes shine. It means to revive the spirit of a person. God provides an opportunity to be saved. God provides an opportunity to stand. God provides an opportunity, number three, to see. When's the last time you've seen a move of God? When's the last time you've seen a work of God? I'm not talking about just church life. That's what we pray for. That's what we desire. But individually in our own lives, to see God work in our life. And that's what Ezra's praying. Ezra's not just saying, God, get us home and we'll be fine. He's not just saying, get us to the church and we'll be fine. He's saying, God, save us from our sins. Give us a solid place for a sanctuary, that, that peg that we can stand on. But then God, let us see. Let us be enlightened. God, you may enlighten our eyes. Let us see your work in our life. Why in the world are we talking about this for 10 solid weeks? It's so that we can see God work. God wants to work in your life. He wants to work in mine. If we'll just let him. Provides an opportunity to see. Psalm 139, 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Job 42 verse 5, I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. Therefore, I despise myself. I repent in dust and ashes. God's presence brings us first to a lifestyle of repentance. And then later on to walk with him, Psalm, 30, Psalm 73, verse 17, until I went into the sanctuary of God, he said, I understood there 
in Psalm 73, 28. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all your works. He provides an opportunity to see. He says, so that our God may enlighten our eyes. Then look at the last one, number four. And to give us a measure of revival in our bondage. Number four, he provides an opportunity to shine. Why in the world would God want to show his light to you? The Bible says we are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. We are the light of the world, not to shine for us, but to shine for Jesus. So he provides an opportunity to be saved. An opportunity to stand. An opportunity to see And then when we see the work of God, it's an opportunity to shine. Ezra says in this last part, Lord, give us a measure of revival in our bondage. All of us want revival. All of us want to pray for revival. And I trust that it is something we continue and continue and continue and we will never ever get tired Asking God for revival. God, give us an opportunity to shine for you. Give us an opportunity, as Paul wrote to the church, Lord, let us shine like stars so that the world can see us. As our world gets darker, may the church get brighter. And may we shine for him. I'm going to ask if you would to bow your head this morning. Father, as we pray today, Lord, I I realize that, um, God, there are distractions. There have been, Lord, even more than just a microphone. Lord, I sense in my heart, God, that, uh, God, there's spiritual activity going on, Lord, that we may not even be aware of. Lord, in my heart, there was even uh, reluctance even sharing this message. Father, I know there's an enemy that is out there that doesn't want anybody lost to be prayed for. God, there's an enemy, there's a force that is out there that does not want anybody to learn how to share their faith. There's an enemy out there that does not want anybody invited to church. And there's an enemy out there that does not want anybody leading people to Christ. God, we know That Satan and his force, he's not scared of Christians. He's not scared of those who profess Christ. Lord, what makes him tremble are Christians who live out their calling. Are Christians who are trying not just to the, the salvation that they have, but Christians who are standing for the gospel. Christians who are seeing a work of God. Christians who are shining for you. 
So God, I just simply ask for this invitation time. Lord, I know your Holy Spirit is perfect. And I know, Lord, even through times of reluctance and distraction, Father, your Holy Spirit can do a mighty work. So, Lord, my prayer today is if there's one here today that does not know you as their Savior, Lord, through this message, through our time of worship, God, as you have spoken to their heart, even right where they are at, they can say, Lord Jesus, I know today that I'm a sinner. God, I believe you died on the cross for me. I repent of my sins. And I ask you to come in my heart and to save me. God, I pray for that man or that woman, teenager, boy or girl, who needs to do business with you today and trust in you as their Savior. God, give them the courage to come down this morning and make it public. Or to even come down this morning and say, Brother John, I need to know more about what it means to be saved. And Lord, throughout this whole church, the blessings, Father, you have been given us, Lord, may it, may it bring calluses to our knees as we pray and we seek for a spiritual awakening. Father, forgive us for a heart of complacency. Forgive us for a status quo relationship when it comes to you. God, give us the boldness of Ezra that we would stand and realize the grace that you have given us for this moment, for a little while until you return. It's an opportunity to shine for you. God, there's invitation. There may be those who need to come to this altar. Pray. And ask God for a spiritual awakening. Or there may be others who need to come and make other decisions for you. Lord, may all that we do, may it bring honor and glory to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Why don't you stand this morning as we sing together. If God's laid on your heart to come, would you come this morning? Mm-hmm.